Gonzaga Nation SI, our season recap for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who went 28-4, and 13-1 in the WCC. So they were the league champs outright. They won the WCC Conference Tournament title, where they were in the title game for the 25th straight year. Then they advanced to their seventh straight Sweet 16 after an opening round win against Georgia State and a second round win in a hard-fought game against Memphis. They fell short against Arkansas 74-68 where Arkansas um, executed their game plan extremely well. They executed their game plan. Uh, they were beneficiaries of a couple um if you're a zag biased, a couple bad calls on Chet Holmgren on the inside that fouled him out as well as stepping out of bounds. But all in all, um, they didn't make shots. Gonzaga struggled from beyond the three-point line, uh, and they struggled and then turned it over against, uh, at times, a physical Arkansas defense. They weren't physical uh, for 40-minute game. They were physical in stretches, and they, they did a good job of executing their game plan on both ends of the floor. But this is less about the loss against Arkansas in the Sweet 16, which there's plenty of critics out there in regards to Gonzaga. There's plenty of uh, people frustrated with how the season ended. Uh, this is more of a, a episode, a, a podcast to just celebrate just how good Gonzaga's season was. They came into the season top five in basically every preseason poll. Uh, you know, UCLA was up there. Uh, Duke was up there. Purdue was up there. Um, you know, Kentucky was up there from a number of, of publications. Kansas, um, but Gonzaga just separated themselves pretty quickly um, in regards to um, that they were going to be another Final Four and title contending team based on having the number one recruiting class a season ago. Chet Holmgren being uh, the headliner alongside uh, Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman, three great freshmen. Uh, and then you can't forget about Caden Perry and Ben Gregg, which I would honestly include Ben Gregg in that freshman class, even though he reclassified and played a half a season uh, a year ago during the COVID-impacted season um, where the Final Four was played in Indianapolis. But all in all, good season from Gonzaga. 28-4, as I mentioned. Their four losses are were against great teams. And so they really... Uh, they came out and, and they answered the bell uh, every single time. The games that they lost were Duke, who's in the Final Four, Alabama, who analytically is one of the best teams, uh, top 15 teams in the country, but they are up and down with their consistency. And in that game, it was an Alabama team that showed up, uh, maybe played their best game of the night. Not, I think 15 or 16 made threes. Jaden Shackelford was, was enormous in that game. Uh, Javon Quinterly was, was difficult for Gonzaga, Gonzaga to contend with. Um, and so uh, that was one of the losses. The third loss would have been St. Mary's, who out of the WCC always plays Gonzaga well. Gonzaga won in Spokane by, I want to say, about a 15, 16-point margin. You go down to Moraga, great game plan, difficult atmosphere to play in, last regular season game of the year. St. Mary's uh, played extremely well. Gonzaga struggled, um, you know, turned it over, didn't make plays for each other on the perimeter, didn't shoot it great from the field, and St. Mary's absolutely won 
deserve that win. But that's the third loss on the season. Another team that was in the NCAA tournament, a team that uh, beat a Big Ten team in Indiana by 29 in the first round and put up a stiff challenge to UCLA in the second round. So a great game. A great If, if you're going to have a loss, you want them against uh, NCAA tournament-level teams, which they did. Fourth loss, the Alabama one that I just mentioned, but um, the Duke loss didn't touch on it much. But uh, Paulo Bancaro was tremendous in that first half. Gonzaga had their opportunities. They didn't make take advantage of them down the stretch. Drew Timmy struggled in that game. Um, but all in all, doesn't take anything away from, from what they did um, throughout the course of the year. You look at uh, two second-team AP All-Americans, Drew Timmy for the second year in a row, Chet Holmgren, a, a second-team AP All-Americans. Now, there's lots of All-American lists. There's 20 or 30 of them that are out there. Uh, to me, there are three uh, that are probably the most... Um, uh, the most respected or, or ones that I think have the most uh, clout around them. One would be the Wooden Award. Um, the second would be the AP All-American uh, teams. And then the third would be the NABC because it's voted on by coaches. Uh, so those to me would be the three. Haven't seen the list yet for the NABC, and nor have we seen it for the finalist for the Wooden Award, simply because those are typically released after the season uh, completes and the final four and the champion is crowned. But the APL American second team has two Zags on it. It's pretty, pretty amazing to think, uh, how many Gonzaga Bulldogs over the last 20 some years have been all Americans. And so congrats to those guys. I mentioned seventh sweet 16, um, for the critics out there who complain that, Hey, Gonzaga hasn't won a title coach K I think was to five final fours before he won his first title. Uh, Dean Smith, I believe, was to eight Final Fours before he won his first national title. Um, so it's it it's a journey. It's a process. You have to be good enough for long enough stretches of time if luck doesn't go your way the first time or two you get there. So you have to be good enough for long enough for things to fall into place and, and to win one. Um, but the fact that Gonzaga's got the third longest continuous streak of going to the NCAA tournament They've got the longest streak of winning their first-round game alongside Kansas. They've won the most NCAA tournament games since 2017, which I believe if Villanova wins in the Final Four, I believe they'll tie it. So Gonzaga fans uh, have had more wins to celebrate in March than pretty much anybody else over the last you know, 15, 20 years. It's been been pretty incredible ride, pretty amazing ride. You look at uh, the, the style of play that they have. It's a fun brand of basketball to watch. Offensively, they flow into great concepts. Um, they've got skill at each position. Uh, and then defensively, I think, is where this program has really made strides. Um, you look at 20 years or so ago when the, the, when the run began, they were offensive-minded teams that did just enough on the defensive end of the floor and on the glass uh, to compete. Now you're seeing... Uh, defensive teams that can really shut you down and force your field goal percentage uh, into the 30s. They were in the top three in the country in field goal percentage defense, which is uh, amazing when you think about it. Um, so they're really taking away opponents' strengths, making them play to their weaknesses. Uh, and when you do that more times than not, the odds are in your favor. But if you look at their, their style analytically, um, they're the only team in the country that is in the top 10, both offense and defensive 
uh, efficiency per Ken Palm. And so that's anytime you do, you have that mix, you're going to be a tremendous team and you're going to have a chance to win the national title um, or be on a short list to win the title. Because when you look at it, there's not, a, as I mentioned, there's not another single team in the top 10 of both of those two categories. Where their season ended as of today, they were number three in offensive efficiency. They were number one for, for long stretches this year. They were number one in efficiency the last two years. And then defensively, they're number 10 in the country. They were up as high as three or four defensive efficiency at different points this season. But um, pretty pretty impressive when you look at uh, the analytics and the numbers behind what Gonzaga's done. So um, many questions are, are coming up or will come up. Um, these are just some of my takes here on Gonzaga Nation SI. Is, is Chet Holmgren gone? Yes, I think he's gone. I think everybody knew when, when they were – recruiting him or fans knew that there was excitement in Gonzaga being a possibility that he was probably a one and done just as Jalen Suggs was you know a one and done you could see the day he stepped on campus the talent the potential that he had um, and that he would be a top three pick in the NBA draft now I don't think there's a lot of difference between Bancaro, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren you could even possibly put Jaden Ivey in that mix but um, I think those are those first three I mentioned are the definite top three picks, and you can't go wrong any either way. I think it's a matter of who has the number one pick and what your needs are, um, and who fits those best in your eyes. But I do think Chet's gone. It's been an awesome year to see him as a Gonzaga Bulldog, and I think he and Jalen Suggs' um, experiences as one and done players will give Gonzaga the opportunity to recruit more of those. I think Coach Few and staff will be very selective in making sure they get those correct one and dones, guys that build, uh, buy into the team and family concept of Gonzaga and, and don't take away from it. So uh, I think that's something that will be something to keep an eye on is as they're recruiting these five-star guys, these McDonald's All-American level guys, is getting the guys that fit culturally, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, Andrew Nemhart, do I think he's gone? More than likely he's gone. Four-year starter in college, two at Florida, two at Gonzaga. Yes, with COVID you can get an extra year, but he's also already declared for the NBA draft a couple different times while he was at Florida. He had a tremendous senior year. I think he answered a lot of questions as far as what NBA scouts thought. Um, he may needed to work on. Uh, all in all, a tremendous season from the point guard from Canada. Uh, wish him well. If he comes back, that would be uh, an amazing testament to him wanting to to have an extra year uh, in Spokane and with Gonzaga. Uh, the other guy that's getting you know going to have to go through some the thought process would be Rajir Bolton. Um, he's probably gone. Would be my estimation in the fact that you know. He does have that COVID year left, spent a couple years at, at Penn State and Iowa State, um, but that COVID year kind of throws things in, in, in flux. Um, he came over, he fit in perfectly, he was tremendous on the offensive end, shooting it in the 40 percentages from the three, he's a great defender, uh, he's a great secondary ball handler initiating offense, um, he was great in the community. I couldn't, I, I can't think of a better grad transfer uh, or one-year transfer than Roger Bolton and Gonzaga's had a lot of them. Uh, Byron Wesley, Ryan Woolridge, um, so many of those guys. Geno Crandall just fit in so well. Um, but I would imagine he's gone. But I hope he's back because I think he'd be great. Um, a great readdition to the program. Drew Timmy is the biggest one. Everybody's going to be asking this, uh, and everybody has asked this throughout the year. 
Will he stay? Will he go? What are the NIL implications now that college guys can make some money? Because you know he's making uh, a lot of money. I think in, in talking to Drew uh, a few different times, but never in depth on this, uh, I think with the NIL, you know, it opens up the door for guys in his position to not have to chase the money. He loves college basketball. He loves Gonzaga. He, from what I know, he loves Spokane. Um, he, why wouldn't you want to come back and play another season uh, for the Zags if you don't like where your projections stand professionally, especially now that you can make uh, a tremendous amount of money as a college student athlete? He's going to make a bunch of money regionally and locally. Um, I, he'll also make a, a lot of money nationally. And so what he has to kind of figure out in his heart is where are my true evaluations coming in at as far as where I could or may be drafted? And is that worth doing, going for that now as opposed to probably being in the same place next year draft-wise? Weighing those two out because I don't think what you're going to see is every evaluation um, that he received last year, he worked on those perceived weaknesses. He improved in them. Three-point shooting, even though it didn't show uh, statistically or the fact that he shot a lot, he did improve on those. And But that's a lot of, because Gonzaga didn't want him to shoot or ask him to shoot, and he realized that's not where his strength lied with this Gonzaga team, as well as guarding in switches and pick-and-roll type situations on the perimeter. I do think he got better at it um, over the course of the year, and that's something that NBA – teams need to see out of that four and five position because they play the floor with the floor so much more spaced and attack you even more off the bounce than they do in college. But um, again, I see scenarios where he stays. I see scenarios where he goes. Um, I honestly think he's going to play it close to the vest. Uh, and when the time is right for him, he will, he will announce what he's going for. But uh, I, I personally, I don't have a clear cut answer. I, I could see it going either way, but as a Gonzaga Bulldog fan and a former player, I think it would be tremendous for the Zags. I think it would be tremendous for college basketball in showing that the NIL um, new guidelines work to be able to bring somebody back like a Drew Timmy. So that'll be something uh, very interesting to watch. I think the other thing, you know, in kind of breaking down some of the, the other guys, Anton Watson, he's been a tremendous three-year player. He started when he just needed to. He's come off the bench. He's been impactful in so many ways. There's been nights where he scored you know, 15, 16 a game. There's been nights where he's just been asked to guard. There's been asked to be a ball ball mover and a ball screener. Um, there's been days where he just needs to rebound. I think you have to have those kind of guys um, to be a successful team, and he does that. He's brought that for the last three years, and uh, I would imagine him being back and bringing that again in a big way um, because uh, first couple of years in the offseason, he would always be battling uh, re injuries so he would be rehabbing last year he was able to work on his game and I thought there were stretches this year that you could really see improvement um, in in his floor game and so that was awesome to see the other guys to, to quickly touch on and, and talk about what their improvement is and where they're going to be going I think Julian Strother made unbelievable strides freshman sophomore year I think he is a future um, pro um, he may test the waters and he may see what um, you know, next level executives say he needs to work on. Uh, if he does that and he takes those 
critiques to heart and he works on them the way that he worked diligently between freshman and sophomore year, um, he's going to be an all WCC performer, maybe even challenge for player of the year type honors because um, I thought he was great this year. Uh, he understood his role. Yeah, there were times that um, he, he struggled to score um, consistently, but all in all, what player doesn't? struggle to score. I think he had a, a tremendous sophomore year, and I'm looking forward to seeing the growth out of him in his junior year if he's back, because I think he will be back. I think the next two guys, um, backcourt freshmen, um, came in with a lot of hype, a lot of promise, um, but it's hard when you have that hype, but you're playing behind guys, and you know you're going to play behind guys, and the guys that are good. I mean, Nolan Hickman's playing behind Andrew Nemhart. Um, as good as he is, Andrew Nemhart's one of the top two, three point guards in all of college basketball. So you got to find ways to get him minutes without taking away um, Andrew Nemhart's minutes and impacting the team. And I think Coach Few did a nice job of that throughout the season. Um, and I think Hick Nolan Hickman showed a lot of, of signs, a, a lot of um, flashes where, like, I honestly think he's the next great point guard at Gonzaga. I'm excited to see the ball in his hands for 30-plus minutes a game. I think he's got a great handle. I think he's got creativity with, with how he attacks the defense. I think he's a great passer. I think his shooting, um, I think he will become a really good shooter in both spot-up and pick-and-roll type situations. Um, I, I just think the sky's the limit for Nolan Hickman. I think he's going to – if he has a great offseason – you're looking at the next great point guard at Gonzaga, and I'm excited to see it. But, again, lots of lots of things can happen in the college basketball world. He initially committed to Kentucky, decommitted, came to Gonzaga. Um, I, I, I hope nothing of the sort happens where he decides to transfer after the season. I don't think that would be the case, um, but I think he, he's got a huge future in Spokane with the Zags. The other freshman came in with a lot of hype, a lot of uh, promise, Hunter Salas. Um, athletically in transition, one of the best I've seen at Gonzaga um, in a long time. He can get out, finish on the break. He's constantly searching for cracks um, to, to attack off the bounce in transition and use his length, use his athleticism to finish. Um, I think defensively he was far better than any freshman on the perimeter I can remember seeing. And that being said, Nolan Hickman I thought was really good defensively for a freshman, but Salas – I mean, he's got a chance to be defensive player of the year um, in the WCC, maybe even next year. He's that good. His instincts, um, his ability to keep guys in front, disrupt things with, with his anticipation, I think, are off the charts. One thing he worked on over the course of, of the offseason and early in the preseason was, was shooting mechanics. I think it's gotten from the first time I saw him at practice to the end of the season it started looking much, much better. And so that shows you that he's a willing worker. He's a diligent worker. He's a listening worker. Um, and I think he's going to have a tremendous career. And hopefully it's it's next year as a breakout sophomore year um, because I think he's got all the pieces uh, to be a great player. The two freshman bigs that really didn't get much of a chance this year for injury reasons, plus you're playing behind two All-Americans and Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren is uh, Caden Perry and Ben Gregg. I think they both do have a future and a, and a bright future in Spokane with the Zags. Caden Perry might be the best athlete here in, in Gonzaga, uh, at Gonzaga, uh, since Brandon Clark. Um, you know, I really look at those two as probably being the best athletes uh, that I've seen at Gonzaga. But Caden Perry battled back injuries, only played, I think, in six or eight games this year. 
has, didn't play since, uh, I know at least since January, it might've been late December. Um, but I think, it, you know, get him healthy, get him understanding the college game, working on his skill set. He's going to be great, uh, big for Gonzaga. And then Ben Gregg, you know, yes, he was on Gonzaga's team a year ago when they played Baylor in the final four, but he had to reclassify to, to do that um, because his high school season in Oregon wasn't going to happen. He wanted to graduate early and take advantage of the ability to be with Gonzaga early, learn, train, get better, immerse yourself in, in Gonzaga's system. So I think that benefited him. I think the thing this year is, again, stuck behind two All-Americans, which um, is difficult. And he also battled a few injuries here or there. Um, I think that he plays with a motor. I think he's got the ability to pick and pop at times. You can shoot it from beyond the three-point line, which is always something that is uh, uh, definitely uh, looked for in Gonzaga's bigs. Um, but he's also, he doesn't shy away from contact. There's plenty of times that he'll be the, the ducking guy on the weak side and he's creating the contact and, and he's searching out the contact. Um, and so I think he's got a, with, with another great off season of work, he's got, um, he's got a bright future in Spokane. But the one thing that is needed to keep an eye on is the transfer portal. There's over 1300 players currently in the transfer portal. Um, Gonzaga's worked it magically over the last few years with who they bring in guys that buy into, um, being a Gonzaga Bulldog and buy into what their roles will become. And this may be a year where Gonzaga takes two or three, as opposed to in years past, maybe they only take one. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But uh, I'm sure that there will be plenty of interest of the really good players in the transfer portal to be a Gonzaga Bulldog. Coach Few and staff will sort it out and get the right guys uh, to Spokane. But I think you got to get you got to find an experienced big or two, somebody who, um, if Chet and Timmy are both gone. Again, that's one of the question marks. If they're both gone, you probably need to replace one with one or two experienced bigs in the transfer portal. Um, guys who've got size, who've been there, who've played in big games, and they had to had success in big games. And the nice thing about college basketball is you don't have to sit out a year. Uh, there's parts of me that absolutely disagree with it, um, but then there's also parts that uh, I understand with um, – you know, the nature of amateur athletics and how it's viewed and the NIL rules um, that it's a necessary right now is that you get that one-time transfer rule where you don't have to sit out. So um, all in all, tremendous season for Gonzaga. Came in um, off of uh, a season ago where they undefeated, lost to Baylor in the title game. Very high expectations once again. And I think they had a tremendous season. They lived up to a lot of those expectations, but unfortunately for many people, if you're not cutting down the nets, um, it it doesn't matter. And it's only a matter of time before Gonzaga does cut the, down the nets at a Final Four. Um, and you just have to be good enough for long enough where something falls your way and the breaks go your way. And that will happen for Gonzaga at some point. But to wrap up the 21-22 season for Gonzaga, Tremendous. 28-4, seventh straight, Sweet 16. Uh, look forward to bringing some off-season content, um, some player reviews, and some pre some outlooks when transfer transfers happen, some outlooks as far as 
uh, big picture landscape of college basketball. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, and review.